Good afternoon, Lafayette. This is Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 is the number, or use the KPL app chat to uh, share your thoughts, be part of the conversation. Yes, I am back. I am live for a fourth hour of radio today. Thank you very much to all of you who listened during Moon Grafon Show. You probably weren't expecting me for Moon Grafon Show, but uh, thank you for sticking around. Anyway, glad to be with y'all. There is uh, a lot that I didn't get to this morning that I want to get to this afternoon. I do want to remind you, it is our 5 o'clock news cruise brought to you by Service Chevrolet here in Lafayette. Service Chevrolet, find new roads with them at 1212 Ambassador Caffrey or online at servicegm.com. Now, Joe Biden talked a lot about him this morning. Um... There's this idea that the Democrats may try to replace him. And I don't know where their replacement is going to come from, to be honest. I I can't tell you that I disbelieve the idea that Joe Biden would uh, hand over the... uh, the reins of the party to someone else at the convention, somebody like Michelle Obama. I, 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 I can't convince you. I'm not even sure I could convince myself that it wouldn't happen, but it seems extremely unlikely given the party's rules and everything to li- everything like that. Currently, the ticket is the Biden-Harris ticket. If Joe Biden were to, uh, if Joe Biden were to step aside. The delegates at the convention would then go straight to Kamala Harris. And Kamala Harris is out with a brand new um, word salad today. Let me see if I can find this clip. I had it this morning. Here we go. Kamala Harris's latest word salad is just absolutely insane. We all watched the television coverage of just yesterday. That's on top of everything else that we know and don't know yet based on what we've just been able to see. And because we've seen it or not doesn't mean it hasn't happened. But just limited to what we have seen. You got that? We all saw the coverage of yesterday. We all saw what happened, whether it happened or not. That's the vice president of the United States of America. Her word salads, or at least coherent word salads, compared to the old man on the mountain who bumbles along with whatever he wants to say, but there's no way Americans are going to vote for that. They're not going to vote for that word salad any more than they are wanting to vote for Joe Biden right now. And in fact, uh, things are getting worse for Joe Biden. There's a story in the Washington Post that I want to share with y'all. This is from a couple days ago. Young voters are unenthusiastic about Biden, but he will need them in 2024. Young voters helped power President Biden and the Democrats to victory in 2020 and were an integral part of the party's success in preventing a red wave for Republicans in 2022. Right now, it's questionable whether they will do the same in 2024. Biden's reelection hopes depend on his ability to assemble the coalition that elected him in 2020. Through much of 2023, however, that coalition has been splintering and it faces new strains over immigration and the war in the Middle East. Young voters, especially young black and Hispanic voters, have shown signs of unease toward Biden. 
Maybe this is a transitory phenomenon, one that as the election approaches will begin to fade as these voters, alarmed at the possibility of another Trump presidency, return to the Democratic fold. But nothing is assured. The number of young people who turn out in 2024 and the number of them who support Biden over the former president, if Donald Trump is the Republican nominee, will help decide the overall outcome in states like Georgia, Wisconsin and Arizona, in which 2020 were decided by only a few thousand votes. Young voters were critically important to Biden's hope of carrying those states again. Now, another story from the uh, from the Washington Post. I'm sorry, this was from the Wall Street Journal. Biden delivered some stern words for the small group assembled after pardoning a pair of turkeys at an annual White House tradition. His poll numbers were unacceptably low, and he wanted to know what his team and campaign were doing about it. He complained that his economic message had done little to move the ball, even as the economy was growing and unemployment was falling, according to people familiar with the comments who spoke on the condition of anonymity to to discuss a private conversation. Joe Biden is complaining to his team that his poll numbers are unacceptably low. I mentioned this this morning. Biden's problem is that his economic message didn't work. That's his chief complaint. His economic message wasn't working. Well, why would it work? Why would those economic why would that economic messaging work? You slap the label Bidenomics on something, you put your name on the economy, and when every American is telling you in every poll that comes out that they're not confident in the economy, you are putting your name on their discomfort. That is bad strategy. That is bad political strategy. That is messaging gone horribly awry. And yet they did it and they doubled down and they tripled down on it. And look at the results. People continue to be dissatisfied. They were dissatisfied with inflation. Because you can say, yeah, inflation's going down, but that doesn't mean prices are going down. That just means they're not jumping as high as they were. If inflation is still at two and a half to three percent, that means prices are two and a half to three percent higher than they were last year. Well, inflation dropped from six percent to three percent. Yeah, that means they were up six percent. Now they're only up three percent. They're still up. There's always going to be inflation. There will always be inflation. The Federal Reserve wants it to stay at around two percent. But if it goes higher than that, that means that there isn't that there is a bad inflation problem. And so they've raised interest rates to try to combat that inflation problem. And it's helped bring inflation down. But prices are still higher than they were. And now interest rates are higher. And all of these are problems that were caused by Joe Biden's economic policies. It's incredible. They embraced Bidenomics, and now he's upset that his poll numbers aren't higher. It doesn't, it doesn't take a genius to look at the polling data and say, hey, maybe we don't lay claim to the economy. Maybe we don't do that. Maybe we blame somebody else for it. But nope, they embraced it. They said, this economy is great. It's working for you. It's working for you. You just don't know it. You're too stupid to know it. 
And Americans don't like to be told they're too stupid to understand something. And that's the big problem right now. Anyway, let's take a break. We'll be back in just a moment here on the Joe Cunningham Show on News Talk 96.5 KPL. But first, it is your pest of the day. And our pest of the day is somebody that I mentioned, but not by name last week, the Senate staffer who was caught filming a graphic homosexual sex tape in a Senate hearing room. His name, Aiden Macy Zeropsky, the staffer believed to be in a video having sex in a Senate hearing room, was identified also by Representative Max Miller, a Republican of Ohio, as the alleged staffer who shouted free Palestine at Miller when NBC's Ali Vitali was interviewing the representative. When Vitali spoke about it, he referred to the unnamed person as a House staffer, but Miller's office said it was Maisy Zeropsky, according to the Daily Caller. Vitali has not yet commented on the identity of the person, this person then released a statement on LinkedIn saying it's been a difficult time for me as I have been attacked for who I love to pursue a political agenda. No, you have not. You have not been attacked for who you love. You've been attacked for filming yourself having an intimate moment with somebody and filming it in a Senate hearing room and absolutely desecrating a Senate hearing room. And that's what makes Aiden Maisy Zaropsky. Your J&J Pest of the Day brought to you by J&J Exterminating, Louisiana's largest independently owned pest control company. You can find them online at JJEXT.com. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5. KPEL 232-1542 is the number or use the KPEL app chat to be part of the conversation. This uh, breaking today, Carol Fox, an AmeriCorps Chapter 11 trustee, told the House Oversight Committee on Monday that the now bankrupt healthcare company previously provided a $600,000 loan to James Biden on the promise that he could bring in funding from the Middle East that never materialized. On March 1st, 2018, after AmeriCorps wired a $200,000 loan to James and Sarah Biden's personal bank account, James Biden sent a payment of the same amount to Joe Biden for an alleged loan repayment. Fox previously filed a lawsuit against James Biden, claiming he made representations that his last name, Biden, could open doors and that he could obtain a large investment from the Middle East based on his political consultations. I'm sorry, his political connections. The suit alleged that AmeriCorps sent $600,000 to James and Sarah Biden's personal bank accounts in total and demanded James Biden repay AmeriCorps the full amount. James Biden ultimately agreed to a settlement payment of $350,000. Fox told the committee in a transcribed interview on Monday that she saw no records or documentation of the loan from AmeriCorps to James Biden and that the company instead chose to provide a loan with no documentation based on the promise that James Biden could bring in funding from the Middle East. A person familiar with the committee's investigation into the Biden family's business dealings told National Review. Fox said the money James Biden ultimately paid to his brother could have come from two possible sources, predatory loans or senior citizens money fraudulently invested by James Biden's business partner, Michael Lewitt. In September, the Securities and Exchange Commission filed a complaint against Lewitt and his investment company, uh, his investment advisory firm, Third Friday Management. The complaint claims misrepresentations and omissions regarding a change in the investment strategy of Third Friday Total uh, Total Return Fund, LP to suddenly change course without disclosing to investors, many of whom were elderly, that it had begun making loans to a distressed and now bankrupt company that acquired and operated the struggling rural hospitals. 
is there anybody in the Biden family who is not shady as all hell? Because that looks shady as all hell. Potentially defrauding the elderly. Taking money from a struggling healthcare company. Struggling rural hospitals. That's, that's not great, y'all. That's really not great. And yet that's what James Biden appears to have been doing. Engaging in all that, clearly trading on his brother's name. And that's what makes the Biden family business such a concern to the point where even, in the, again, in the polling numbers, it's starting to show up. A lot of Americans are very worried about Joe Biden's connections to his sons and his brother's businesses and whether or not Joe Biden acted inappropriately, whether or not he interfered with the investigation into his son. And it's just another reason there is a huge lack of trust in the American public when it comes to who and what Joe Biden is. And we'll just have to see if that continues. Let's take a break. We'll be back here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5. KPL 232-1542 is the number if you want to be part of the conversation or use the KPL app chat. Rob uh, on the app chat sent a message just before that last break. Uh, the Biden crime family makes Bernie Madoff look small. I don't disagree with that. Also says, starting to wonder if there are odds for which a Biden crime family member will be killed off first and become the scapegoat. I'm not sure about killed off, but there's already some people. Uh, Jen Psaki on a panel on uh, NBC's, I think, it was, uh, I think it was Meet the Press. Jen Psaki uh, basically out there saying, you know, they, the White, I bet the White House wants Hunter Biden to shut up. They do. They have to want Joe Biden to shut up. Uh, Hunter Biden to shut up. They probably want Joe Biden to shut up, too. They want Hunter Biden to shut up. They don't want him to be out there saying a whole lot. Um, very, uh, it, I think it's very, I think Hunter Biden is actually going to be causing more problems for uh, for his dad before too long. Uh, Mike on the app. Sorry for the random question, but what are your thoughts on buying Rumble stock? It looks like it could be easily doubled next year. Um, he said today he hit 3 million followers. Uh, there's money to be made there. So I, I'm not a financial advisor. I'm the son of a financial planner, but I'm not a financial advisor. What I can tell you is that Rumble is a very interesting service. And if you if it's something you want to invest in, by all means invest in. If if you're investing in the cause. See, this is actually Mike, not to not to kind of go off track for what you're asking here. This is part of my problem with conservative investors. I don't mean people who invest conservatively. I mean conservatives who want to make investments in conservative causes. Rumble is inherently a conservative cause uh, because of its focus on on speech and not interfering in people's speech and letting them be able to say what they want to say. The left has people who will throw money at causes, not because of what they expect to get in return for it, but because they're true believers in the cause. The left has a ton of people who will just throw money at any cause, any sort of 
media operation, any sort of new venture, anything like that. They will throw money at it because they believe in the cause rather than a return on investment. Conservative investors are very much invested, so to speak, in the ROI, the return on investment. Um, If you want to invest in Rumble to make money, absolutely. But what, what conservatives really need right now is they need activist investors too. Conservatives need activist investors to go out there and put their money into things, not because they want the return on investment, but because they want to push back against the left. You know, that's one of the things that makes the Washington Free Beacon, for example, such a successful venture. The Washington Free Beacon was actually launched by conservatives and foundations wanting to get into the game of journalism for the sake of pushing back against all the leftist journalism outlets in Washington, D.C. And the Washington Free Beacon does a great job of that. And they've done such a good job, they had a moderator at the last Republican primary debate. But all too often, there are these new conservative ventures that pop up, and a lot of conservative investors, a lot of Republicans who want to invest in these sort of things, They don't want to invest anything they don't think will make them money. And so that hinders a lot of activism on the conservative side. And again, I'm not saying that that Mike is one of these. Mike is just asking, you know, is it a good idea to invest in Rumble? I don't see. I'm not a financial planner. Do not come after me if you decide to invest in Rumble and you don't make anything on it. I, I see growth potential in Rumble. I see more and more people adopting it. I see people on the left using Rumble because they, too, like the freedom aspect of it. They, if The left is okay with their other platforms like the Google YouTubes and all that stuff. They like it up to a point because inevitably they get bit by their own rules. If you question anything, if you're of the left but you question something somebody on the left does, they will turn around and try to cancel you just as quickly as they try to cancel anybody on the right. So they get bit by their own rules. Then they see something like Rumble, and they see the opportunity is there to say what they want. They don't have to be beholden to any one particular position. They can be who they want to be and say what they want to on platforms like Rumble. So it is growing just even outside of conservative circles. And Rumble does a very good job of offering a pretty good incentive to the content creators on on that platform. Now, just like anywhere else, you do get the usual conspiracy nuts. You do get grifters. You get all those people. But Rumble has insisted it's not their job to go and police that because when you start policing that, that's when you veer off into what Google and YouTube and these other places have done. I've said the same thing for years when it comes to political consultants in the Republican Party. Political consultants in the Republican Party, by and large, the big ones who work the big races, they always seem to be focused on the commissions they get for their media buys, for the stuff, for the advising that they're doing. Whereas liberal, progressive political consultants, they're in it because they are true believers of the faith and they want to make sure that their candidate wins and they'll do anything to make sure their candidate wins. A lot of Republican consultants, a lot of that grifter class of consultants Their sole purpose is to get as big a commission as possible and make enough money, whether or not their candidate uh, wins or loses. Now, if their candidate wins, that's great for them because that's just more business from that candidate. But if their candidate loses, they just move on to the next, you know, hapless soul. Republicans need to do a really good job of vetting the people who are consulting them. 
Just like Republicans need to do a better job of finding good investors to help fund the cause, not just look for a return on investment. And it irritates, it irritates me so much, you guys. I have friends in the political world who have been screwed over by a good consultant or who they thought was a good consultant because that consultant was more interested in buying me ad time than actually putting political strategies into play. And as a result, they lost where they should have won. Because you can buy all the media you want, but if your media isn't doing anything effectively, you still get the commission, but your candidate ends up losing. And then you just move on to the next race, and that candidate's left in the lurch. I'm sick of it on the Republican side. I am. I really am sick of it. Again, good people, people I like, people I know and like. And I know a lot of consultants, and they're good consultants, and I'm not talking about them. But people who have run big races, statewide races, congressional, federal races, people who have run national campaigns, people who run these grifter packs, they're all in it to make the money rather than advance the cause. And it hurts the Republicans time and time again. Democrats have true believers consulting them. Republicans have people who see dollar signs. And it's infuriating to have to go through that each and every time. Sorry, that's kind of a rant from what Mike actually asked about in his question. But I, I always feel like it's not a bad idea to get my rants about grifters and the conservative movement off my chest because they, they bother me. We see all sorts of data. We see all sorts of signs out there that Republicans could be moving the ball down the field. And yet it's our own side that gets in the way. And more often than not, it's from grifters and liars who are not what they say they are. And so we get stuck in this endless cycle of we're going to do this, we're going to do this, we're going to do this. Oh, we're not going to do it. You, we, we don't have enough money. We don't have enough you know, power. Uh, you need to vote more of us and we'll, make, we'll definitely make it happen next time. Never happens. Never happens. Constantly getting stuck. With all of this nonsense. Just really, really frustrated by it. I don't know what the answer is other than just tying a bunch of people to stakes and setting them on fire and starting over with the political consultant class. You know, one of the guys that that invented... Uh, political, the modern political consulting as we know it. His name's Ray Strother. He, he got his, he got to start really. Uh, I mean, he's a he's a Democrat. He's a very progressive guy, older guy. He's from uh, Port Arthur, Texas. Went to Northwestern State um, University, and in fact, taught classes there. What I know about political consulting, what I know about political persuasion and persuasive communication, I learned from Ray Strother. Some of you will say, well, he learned from a Democrat. That makes a whole lot of sense. I know you can make all the jokes you want. Point is, I learned political persuasion, uh, persuasive communication from a professional in that regard. I know what I'm talking about. I've studied his races. He has, he and I have talked a lot about it. I just, Republicans have the opportunity to do a whole lot of good. They had the chance to move the ball down the field in 2022. 
didn't because of bad candidates. Have the chance to do it in 2024. Have to have the right candidates. But also you have to have the right people who are out there vetting the good candidates and out there giving money to the good candidates and making sure that money is spent wisely. We don't often get that. We don't often get people who are spending the money wisely. It's frustrating. It's just frustrating that there could be so much. A lot of folks say, this is it. We're, We're at the end of the line as a country. We've got to make a change. And yet... A lot of those people end up listening, and they don't. I'm not saying that the, the people who are doing this are wrong. I'm saying the grifters are wrong, but people get misled by the grifters all the time. And the Republican Party has made itself a great home for grifters. It needs to change. It really does. For the sake of the country, it needs to change. All right, let's take a break. We'll be back to wrap up the show. It's the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5. KPL, stick around. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5. KPL, I've been remiss again. I get so wrapped up in talking about a lot of this stuff that I forgot to tell you that this is your 5 o'clock news cruise. We've been cruising right along, and it's all thanks to Acadiana's number one Chevy dealer nine years in a row. I'm talking about our friends at Service Chevrolet Cadillac right around the corner at 1212 Ambassador Caffrey here in Lafayette. New inventory arriving pretty much daily. New and used cars right there on the lot. Parts and service department, body shop, collision center, fine line custom auto. They've got the wash. Stop by, check out their huge selection, 1212 Ambassador Caffrey, or check them out online at servicegm.com. They're also offering special pricing for the men and women of our military, first responders, educators, thanking them for their service to our country, to our community, to our kids. All you got to do, go by there, and you can take advantage of those great special prices if you are a uh, military, if you've served in the military, you're a first responder or an educator. Service Chevrolet Cadillac, their family serving years for the last 50 years. Check them out. Find new roads with Service Chevrolet. So this weekend, we went to Natchitoches, uh, spent some time with my in-laws, had a had a uh, a little Christmas get together for my wife's side of the family, um, extended family and everything like that. And uh, y'all, I, I'm 35 years old. Not, I, I don't feel terribly old, except my eyes sometimes. They don't, they just want to shut down at night. Which I stare at screens all day. It's understandable. Um, I can tell that adulthood is hitting me right in the face because one of the gifts I got was brand new. Pretty good quality, nonstick cookware. I'm so very excited about this, y'all. I'm going to go home and cook on it tonight. I unwrapped that box. It it was an amazing feeling. The last cookware I, I got was several years ago. Um, it was it it was fairly. It, it wasn't terribly expensive. It was on the cheaper side. It was a. It just did not hold up to as much as I was using it. Well, this one is. This one's going to. Thrilled about it. And uh, I'm I'm going to go home and use it. I'm I've got some chicken thighs and some uh, some andouille that I need to to crisp up, saute right there, 
Toss that with either some noodles or some rice. I'm not sure which. Make a little quick jambalaya. But I'm just terribly excited about new cookware. New cookware, y'all. This is how I know I'm I'm getting older. Adulthood is is just there right in front of me. I'm excited about cookware. You guys, I hope you're excited about whatever it is you're getting for Christmas. Maybe it's just spending time with family. I don't know. But Christmas is a week away. Christmas is a week away. It's the most magical time of the year. You guys have a great evening. I'll talk to you again in 23 hours. In the meantime, follow me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show. Email Joe at RedState.com. You can also catch the podcast version of the show. That's going up in just a few minutes over at Substack. Look up the Joe Cunningham Show on Substack. You can find the podcast, most of my writings there. I've got to get back to writing a little more regularly. I've just burned out at the end of this year. But anyway, you guys have a great one. Talk to you again soon. If you do get the podcast through Apple or Spotify or whatever, be sure to leave a rating and a review. The algorithm likes that. It helps the show grow, and that's what we really want right now is to help the show grow as much as possible. Have a great one. Talk to you guys again soon here on News Talk 96.5 KPL.